welcome to another episode of Caffeinated Convos and Horrible Bosses. I am your host, Lauren Williams, founder of Workplace Harmony, helping companies thrive through times of change, and most recently, the co-founder of Williams & Quigley, where we help busy entrepreneurs scale their business, increase profits, and bring along happy employees for a great culture. Very excited about that. Um, But I'm even more excited that this is season two of our podcast. It's amazing. I had no idea when I launched it that I would even complete a season one. And for me to complete and now be going on to season two is very exciting. I think we've learned so much along the way. If you haven't gone back and listened to season one, I highly recommend that. But I am thrilled to have my guest today. He is really wicked smart. He is the coolest guy. He helps people through transition and through career exploration, but really helps them identify like what is their next move what does that look like and how can they really show up as their best selves so i am pleased to have ken share of sure coaching along with us today welcome thank you very much and you pronounced my name right i get share i get cheer and you got it right on thank you nice thank you score one for me that's awesome ken please 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 tell us a little bit more about your business and what kind of people do you like to help Okay, well, um, I do career coaching and executive coaching, and I base it on, I spent almost 25 years with Johnson & Johnson in different leadership roles. Um, Unfortunately, I, uh, you know, we'll probably lead into the worst boss story, but I'll hold that for later. Uh, I ran into somebody who uh, let me know very quickly that I wasn't uh, the guy he was looking for. And after 25 years, I got laid off, um, and I was, 52 years old with two kids in college, one in high school. And it was really, the only word I could use to describe it, it was a devastating time for me. I thought I was retiring with the company. Um, And so it took me a little bit to get back on my feet. um, And I did, and I was able to find three new full-time roles uh, in my 50s. Um, And what I heard throughout that time was people saying, oh, you're in your 50s, you'll never find a job. Or other people saying, I'm in my 50s and not hiring older people. And I thought, well, seemed to have figured it out. And I started helping some of those people. And I realized that, you know, that's what I love to do. And my last job was with another large pharmaceutical company, Bristol Myers. And I, I realized corporate America, I was done with corporate America. And uh, corporate America was probably done with me too. So <laughs> five years ago, I went out and I uh, hung my shingle as a career coach, helping people who are out of work, to, with anything related to the job search, from personal branding, LinkedIn, resume, interviewing. And then I also do executive leadership coaching based on my experience at J&J, helping people build uh, successful, engaged teams. That's brilliant. I know when we met, we were talking a lot about your career, your career transition, and just yours is a true story of resilience. And to bounce back and one, have su- 25 years with someplace you were so invested you know personally and professionally but then to be able to bounce back and then say wow what can I help people learn through my experience that's really powerful that's really strong yeah yeah thank you and I think you know the one thing I do um, I hear most from people is the fact that I'm able to connect with them and relate to them because I went through it and um, and I also want people to know I'm, I'm pretty much an open book uh, I always have said my strength is I wear my heart on my sleeve, but my weakness is I wear my heart on my sleeve. But I tell people that when I lost my job, um, 
we've all probably said at some point, oh, I'm depressed, I'm so depressed. And when I lost that job at that point in my life, I realized what depression was. And I felt like I was looking in this black hole and if I fell in, I may never come out. And I do a lot of speaking now about it. And I, I let people know this, that you need to understand, I went through it. You know, if you're going through it, it doesn't make it any better that other people have, but know that it's okay. And um, I got out of it with three ways. One, I sought out a therapist. Two, I got good pharmaceuticals, so that's another avenue. Three, went on a little bit of a bender in New York City. My brother-in-law let me use his apartment for a weekend. <laughs> and uh, I'm not proud of this part of it, but I woke up Monday morning a bit hungover and said, okay, it's time to figure it out. And uh, as I said earlier, I was able to find three new jobs. While I was in my 50s. That's amazing. And it's amazing the different avenues you took to get there. I think there's huge power in talking with someone and having, you know, professional therapy to help through those really hard times. Um, and mm -hmm. I just applaud you for jumping back up. I'd love to dive into your horrible boss story because having so many years in corporate America, I'm going to bet you came across more than one horrible boss. Yeah, that definitely was, but I, I can, it's pretty easy to pinpoint the most horrible. <laughs> um, and I will say, first of all, by the way, um, I consider myself a Johnson & Johnson baby, so to speak. Um, and I still love that company. It gave me a great lifestyle, taught me a lot, and helped me to, to grow my business as I am now. Um, but I bounced around to a bunch of different operating companies in J&J, &J, and I finally got to, most of them were on the pharmaceutical side, but I got to a different sector, the medical device sector. I had a global role as the training and development director, as traveling around the world. I, we were doing great things as a team. And then we got this new general manager, and I went in for my introductory meeting. I said, hello, I'm Ken Schur, director of training and development. He said, Ken, I've led two different sales training and leadership development teams in my career and you will never live up to my expectations. And that was the, that was like- That was your the, intro? Yeah, within uh. the first minute of meeting this guy. And I was a little taken aback, but you know how sometimes you, you leave something like that and you're like, oh, I should have said this, I should have said that. Well, I was right on it. Um, and I said, Lauren, I said, you know what, Eric? If you look at my career, I've always met or exceeded expectations, and I look forward to exceeding yours. I felt like I could have dropped the mic and walked out. I felt that good about it. But then he got those cold, like, shark, dead eyes, and he said, nope, you will never live up to my expectations. Oh, and man. I, I was hopeful and naive, and even after 25 years, to think, I'm going to turn this guy around. I've turned other bosses around, and that never happened. And six months later, um, I got called into HR and they told me my position was being eliminated. Um, and I will tell you this though, I, like I said, I do a lot of speaking. And I also, again, want people to know that it's okay. And I said, you know, in reality, I think I was fired. <laughs> and it was really hard. The first time I said that in front of a room of about 50 people, I got very emotional about it. I didn't realize how much it still was in me. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a little cathartic. I felt after that, I've been much uh, more comfortable with that. And again, it happens and people need to know it happens and you survive and you move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just applaud you for being able to work with someone who set the stage in that manner for so long and endure that. And I mean, obviously you probably had a great circle of influence outside of that boss, which kept you going that whole time. But I mean, to hear someone who right from the gate puts a label on you, which says you'll never aspire, like 
what criteria did they even have to base that off of and what leadership style i mean you know god bless anyone who had to work for that person that just sounds yeah. like the worst boss well i don't know how long he lasted after i left i will tell you that j and j sold that company within a year after i left so i like to say once i left they really couldn't survive right 100% <laughs> true 100% true <laughs> all about me florin <laughs> Of course it is. Of course it is. No, I think that's a wonderful story. Um, what about the best boss you ever had? And I mean, that might even be yourself going out on your own. <laughs> Man, I could do better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have a boss again, a J and J uh, boss, and um, this was a guy. It was, it was interesting because we started out. We were both district managers together, and at the time we would room together because our names both started with S's. So we would room together when we go to sales meetings, and we got to be friendly. But um, also, I got to see his style a little bit. One time, I remember coming in. He was talking to some one of his direct reports, and he he said, "Well, you know, I understand that, but sometimes we just have to be lucky that we're employed." And I thought, "Well, that was a really nice way to put it." But over the years, um, we kind of back and forth worked together. And he was the kind of guy, though, that said, "Here's the job. Do what you have to do to get it done." He, but he didn't just. It wasn't just that he let me do my job. He also coached me. He'd check in. He'd see, okay, what are you working on? How is it going? What can I do to help you? He was very connected, without micromanaging and without being overbearing. And he also was very human. Um, just, a, I think, a great example of it is I was coaching one of my kids' soccer teams, and I let him know that you know it's the fall; it gets dark early. So, twice, once a week, I think it was, I'm going to need to leave early to get home to practice because it'll be dark by five o'clock or whatever. So he agreed to it. And then one day he came in on the day of practice, like one of the first days. And he said, "Ken, I need you to do something." And I said, "Well, Jeff, you know, remember I told you I was coaching. Today's the day. I gotta, I've gotta go do it." And he said, "Oh, well then go. What are you gonna leave the kids on the field like in the dark?" He said, "Go. I'll send you an email, and you can take care of it tomorrow." Um, <clears throat> my point is, he like who wouldn't want to work for someone like who wouldn't want to? He was very human. He was very human. Yeah. So he was just. Um, I think he was just very connected without being overbearing. And that was really appreciated. It helped me grow professionally and personally, actually. Yeah, I love that very much because I do think that through my career, the best bosses were the ones who were very human, and to your point, let you do what you do best, and were there to like help and guide and add direction or advice or guidance, but really saw the potential in you and just let you go. I, yeah. I love that story, and I think that. Um, the more and more I speak to people through the podcast, it's the bosses who are truly there as a human and mm -hmm. treating yeah. people with kindness, respect, dignity yeah. um, it goes so far. And there was a security to that. Like I knew he would never let me fail. <clears throat> I knew that if I was presenting to the board of directors or if I was doing, I was prepared because he let me do my thing, but then made sure it was going to go well. And um, and how again you just success builds on success absolutely absolutely one thing i didn't get to ask you in the beginning is what are you drinking i know it's afternoon now so no judgment if it's booze but what are you drinking now <laughs> uh, it's a uh, funny thing about the booze very quick uh pandemic thing about people who are homeschooling i heard someone say oh homeschooling's going great except last week 
Two kids got suspended for fighting and a teacher got caught drinking on the job. <laughs> a lot of parents can relate to these days. But now I, I do subscribe to the, it's five o'clock somewhere, except not during business hours. Um, so you want to know my alcoholic beverage of choice or? or Let's what? do both, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm an iced coffee drinker year round. It doesn't matter if it's winter time. I prefer iced coffee. I will have a hot one every now and then. Um, and then I'm probably a gin and tonic kind of guy in the summer and maybe a brown liquor in the winter. Stop. Oh, nice. Warm it up a bit. I get that. I get that. Yeah, I said to a teacher friend last week, I said, God bless you for how hard you're working. I will never judge a teacher for putting a little something in their Yeti cup. Like, no judgment here. This is hard times for sure. So I completely understand that sentiment. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a fan of iced coffee too, I have to say. Um, usually because by the time I get around to it, it's cold anyway. So just an acquired taste. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But this has been wonderful. I am so glad you were a guest today. I am so glad we got to dive into your horrible bosses. And I would love to share with everyone, like, how do they find you? What if someone's listening and they're, they're thinking about a transition or they're thinking about what should they do next or they want to just, you know, have a conversation? How do you like people to reach out to you? All right, well, thank you for asking. Well, a couple ways. One, they could check out my website at surecoaching.com, S-H-E-R coaching.com. Or they can email me, ken at surecoaching.com. I'm not very creative with those email, those names, I guess. It resonates. It's good. <laughs> and I will say, too, that um, I, I would really talk to anybody. And I don't mean that to sound wrong, but I love to help people, like I said. So I, the, the first call, I will always help people, coach people. And I'm pretty confident to say that 100% of the people I do that with walk away with something that helps their career. Mm -hmm. At the end of the call, if they want to talk about continuing engagement, we could talk about it. But I don't want people not to call because they're afraid, oh, it's going to cost too much. It won't cost anything. I want to help. And I hope people do reach out. Oh, I love that. Yes, please reach out to Ken. I mean, I think you have a lovely conversation anyway, but he can certainly help. And it's clear from speaking today, you really understand what people are going through on a personal level and really can empathize with them. And I think that's very, very important when you're working with someone through a transition or through a career change, have someone who gets it. Um, so thank you so much for being a guest today. You're just wonderful. I can't wait till we can catch up again. I really can't wait till we can start meeting in person because we've only met over Zoom. So I'm super excited for that as well. And thank you. Well, thank you. I'm very honored to be the first guest of season season two. So thank you very much for that. Woot woot, super exciting. <laughs>